Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Nerd Party. Hi, this is Henry Gilroy, co-executive producer of Star Wars Rebels. You're listening to Aggressive Negotiations. Welcome to Aggressive Negotiations, Star Wars podcast here on the Nerd Party Network. And I am just one of the hosts here, Matthew Rushing. And with me, as he is always, the Jedi Master who loves Red Stripe, John Mills. Hey, you know... Uh, this Jedi Master loves red stripe. This Jedi Master loves red robes. This Jedi Master, however, does not love red rum because that way leads to the way of the Sith. Sorry, a little Shining reference for anybody who hasn't seen The Shining there. So, <laughs> How are you, Matt? It's good to talk to you. Uh, you know, I have seen The Shining, and I've just got to say I am not going to come and play with them. So now or forever. So I don't know. I mean... You know, somebody's lonely. They want to just want to play with somebody. <laughs> you know, is it really that Some threatening? Guy at the bar keeps trying to push, you know, Jack Daniels on me. I'm like, dude, I have more self respect than to drink Dan- Jack Daniels. So, hey, listen, I will say, if I'm stuck in a uh, in some sort of hotel and I'm stuck in the snow, and the guy pushes something aside, and he says. You don't have to pay anything. Here's some Jack Daniels. I'll say, <laughs> okay, you obviously have an angle, but I'll drink. <laughs> well, uh, as we're uh, thinking about things we won't do in The Shining, uh, we're yes. super excited to be here uh, tonight. And uh, we just want to remind you, we've got a um, great fun, very exciting review contest going on over on Apple Podcasts. So we've got so many great reviews. Um, now, uh, just in case you haven't heard, um, you can enter into this review contest by giving us a star rating review over on Apple Podcasts over in the U.S. store. And you'll be entered to win a copy of The Art of Star Wars, The Clone Wars. This is uh, from its first season. This is a pretty rare book. It's, it's actually quite expensive if you're trying to find it on on Amazon you know you got to be willing to plunk down at least a hundred or more uh, and I have an extra copy and we wanted to give it away to listeners and so uh, our goal is to try to reach 200 reviews but John was talking to me tonight and he was like we've been getting so many great reviews why don't we sweeten the pot so this is what we're going to do John has a couple of gifts that he's going to be giving runner-ups Yes. Uh, and those runner-ups will not only include all the reviews from when we started the contest, but they're going to ref- it's going to be everybody who's given us a review. So if you've already won something from us, you might win something again. You don't know. Uh, so we've got some great runner-up uh, gifts too. We've got the uh, Myths and Fables book, as well as the fantastic collection of the Book of the Sith. The Book of the Jedi, the Imperial Handbook, as well as the Bounty Hunters Code in a box set as well. So we've got some great stuff that we're giving away here. So honestly, 
you really want to make sure that you get your star rating and review in. It helps us, and we just want to say thank you to everybody by giving back. And we just thought, hey, why not just make this even better? So yep. make sure you get your reviews in. Yeah, uh, and the thing is, what we're trying to underline here is how much we appreciate you listening. We appreciate the people that have shared reviews uh, on behalf of the show. We appreciate everybody that interacts with us on Twitter. Of course, you can find us at the Jedi Masters on Twitter. You can find the network at Join Nerd Party and the Nerd Party on Facebook and Instagram. We appreciate all of you. We know, especially right now, that we're all trying to find ways to stay in contact with each other. We're all trying to find ways to keep that community going. And it means the world to us that we have our little community. And thank you. And that's just, you know, I, I mean, it's like you, it, it's hard to describe exactly how much Matt and I appreciate every single one of you uh, who listens to the show. So thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it wouldn't be half as much fun to to do this show without the interaction that we get from you guys on Twitter True. and on Facebook and, um, you know, through the reviews and everything. It's been so much fun, as well as emails, which, um, John, one of the places people can contact us is over at thenerdparty.com slash contact, and you can send us an email. And what we're actually going to talk about tonight comes from uh, a listener, and they emailed us about this idea of, Rex and uh, what happens to Rex between what we saw in the Clone Wars and what we see in Rebels. Uh, and they said that, um, you know, they, they love the, the character and they were watching through Rebels for the first time. And they were thinking about the character of Rex and how it's, it seems very interesting the way we pick up Rex in Rebels after the Clone Wars and that they felt like something was missing because Rex, they said, doesn't seem like someone who would give up the fight and go into retirement. Sure, he said he wondered about the point of the war after such grievous losses and seemed quite disillusioned going uh, into another. But it also seemed like something else had happened to him. And he, he also was saying, and I thought this was really interesting, he said that the one of the Rebels episodes that they had removed their chips, they all had a choice, so he clearly must have gone in search of some of his brethren to try and help him. But then he just goes fishing, hmm. uh, and it just doesn't seem like an activity um, to either try and stop helping his clone brothers, especially if there were signs of uh, like maybe guilty conscience or they knew of surviving Jedi and everything. And so, this is just a really interesting question. You know, he he asks even too, why retire? Shoot, for that matter, how could they even retire as official members of the Empire? Wouldn't they've been wanted for treason or something official like that? So. Just right up front, I just wanted to address it here with, with the email was, the last time we see Rex in Clone Wars, everybody, I think, would assume that he died, along with Ahsoka, mm -hmm. um, is because there's nothing left of that ship. You know, it, it yeah. is completely smashed on that planet. And uh, we get the feeling like even Anakin in that moment, as Vader doesn't think that the apprentice at least i take it that he doesn't think his apprentice lives right um and so i think it's right to assume that nobody knows that rex is alive we also know that from the ahsoka book as well that they make it look as though they are dead so that they can basically disappear so right. I think that's one thing that we can we can just say right up front is that's one of the reasons the empire doesn't go looking for rex Yes, I, it's 
they have set the stage as best they can at the end of the Clone Wars to make it appear as, as if they're dead. But I think also the answer to why Rex wouldn't be more involved in the fight in between Clone Wars and Rebels is I would see Rex as somebody who, when the opportunity arose to make a difference, would. But because of the exact things mentioned there, wanted for treason, has evidence that he's tampered with the chip, tampered with himself. He is essentially somebody who has to be as disappeared as he possibly can be. He has to be a ghost. So he can, when he runs across somebody, help them out. But when he is out and about, it makes much more sense for him to be out there as a, you know, one of his small tribe. For all we know, his tribe could have been larger at one point. But on top of that, it's not feasible for him to go in and help large groups of clones at a time. Look at the trouble Ahsoka herself had saving her best friend in the moments in the Clone Wars at the end there after Order 66. You can't fight a battalion of people like that. Not, you know, Ahsoka couldn't, Rex couldn't. And so it, I think that it's much more that Rex would wind up being somebody like uh, a one-man A-team where as the situation presented itself, he would help, but he couldn't risk going out and wading into battle. In, in a sense, he's just like Obi-Wan. He has to pick and choose his battles. Otherwise, the whole game is up. And so he can make more of a positive difference being quiet and being out of the way until such a time as fate, life, the force decides that he has to get involved again. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And obviously, um, we we do see that um, we've, we've got Rex, we've got Wolf, and we've got Gregor. Uh, mm -hmm. in that those rebels episodes and so obviously rex has been able to find them and so there's a story there and so he get, i get this feeling like one of the things that rex is going to be doing uh after this is um he is going to be possibly searching for brothers that um you know were able to battle or fight through uh, Order 66, or um, be able to find the ones who were able to, you know, destroy their chips or, you know, um, have them, like, deactivated in themselves, much the way Ahsoka did for uh, himself. So that's something I actually expect to maybe see in some form or, or way, whether it's a comic, whether it's a book, whether it's maybe, who knows, maybe it's part of a, a, a new animated series or something. But I, I think that's a time period that you would want to fill in. And I mean, it kind of seems like that might be something to do because we did focus on clones in the last season of the Clone Wars, right? I mean, we, we focused on, we had a whole arc about different clones that are completely different than the rest of the clones. So it just seems like... There's got to be something there that happens with Rex that, um, where he connects with those characters. But we also know, you know, we we even have uh, the the fact that uh, Ahsoka knows exactly where to find Rex too. So there's yeah. something in there with those two as well. Like I don't feel like Rex has necessarily been out of the fight completely, 
But I think, like you were saying, he's definitely been very careful as to what he has been doing because he would be seen as a traitor clone. Well, yeah, and and keep in mind the fact that going to help people who have a specific emotional connection with him is a totally different thing than going and trying to help a clone that right. doesn't know Rex personally. The reason that Ahsoka is even able to help Rex in the way that she does is because of that deep-seated emotional connection that they have. The other clones don't even blink about trying to kill her. They don't know her the way that Rex does. So Rex going up to a clone, he would face that same uphill battle. So it, I think it is about that emotional connection as well. But I don't think you can either discount the fact that Rex is the survivor of a horrific war where he saw literal brothers of his die by the truckload, including a tragic circumstance where he's going to feel extremely responsible for all of that death. I mean, in a sense, I, I want to think that Rex went around and did, you know, little things here and there. But even if the story was that he just sat on that planet and, you know, it was a couple of things here and there to get, you know, uh, uh, Wolf and Gregor along with him. I mean, Rex sitting there and just kind of emotionally dealing with the after effects of that is completely believable. He wouldn't want to necessarily go in there. There are, you know, I, I think it's interesting because... The Clone Wars did an incredible job with specific storylines addressing the idea of how clones who were no longer involved in the fight would feel about things. But there's a whole added dimension in that any clones like Rex that are going to have walked away, the galaxy didn't stop. He's got to realize right. he's a relic by that point. And there's even that episode in Rebels where they happen across the old derelict uh, Separatist cruiser and they have to fight one last battle, as it were, for things to wrap up. There's It's these ghosts that carry, you carry along with you the whole time. Yeah, and, you know, I, I was thinking about that, you know, where they kind of finish the Clone Wars, uh, you know, in that in that episode which was so great um but i was also thinking about the way you mentioned obi-wan kenobi and i was thinking in many ways what we see from rex is that um it's not that he's not willing to fight but by the time he actually is able to get involved with the rebellion uh he is actually needed you know they're ready mm -hmm. to have somebody like him they're ready to have somebody with his his know-how. Like beforehand, you know, he he's not somebody I think that would would necessarily be necessary, you know. Um, but by the time that he gets kind of called back into action, and to, he and you notice too, it's interesting because he's the one who joins the fight, and you don't see Gregor and Wolf do that. They don't make that decision, and so. Mm -hmm. Part of that is, I think, you know, obviously his uh, relationship with Ahsoka and the relationship he begins to foster with, like, Ezra and Kanan and right. the rest. And so, but I also think Rex is just a character. It's, like, almost in some ways, like you were talking about, his dealing with everything that went down in the Clone Wars. Now he's almost ready to kind of, like, pay it back in a way to help rectify the situation to which, you know, anybody uh, from the Clone Wars era that was on the side of the Republic 
kind of feel somewhat responsible for the mess that they're in because they're the tools which Palpatine used to create his empire. And this way, in some ways, Rex then is able to free himself from that. And instead of being a tool for the empire, he is something that's helping, you know, like the spark of rebellion, which is really cool. It is. I, and the thing is, I think that there's, uh, you know, of course, you know, it's a tone poem. Everything echoes, everything rhymes. And getting back to that Obi-Wan sense, that would speak to the idea that Rex, like Obi-Wan, like Yoda, like the members of the generation that screwed things up, would say, it's for the younger generation to figure it out. If they need me, I'll answer the call, but this isn't my fight anymore. And that's that's generally true. One generation does its damage or does its work or anything like that, and it's the job of the next generation to fix it or carry it on, as the case may be. And the older generation tends to step back and say, you know, in, in a sense, it's that parental role. My time's done in terms of what I can directly do. It's up to you to take up the mantle, but if you need me, I'm here. So, you know, we, we see again that that sort of tone poem echo with uh, with, with Rex. And, of course, saying tone poem echo makes me think of Echo himself, which is, uh, you know, another sign maybe that instead, and, you know, I, I know I keep arguing in circles sort of thing, but, like, maybe that is a sign that Rex was more active during the time period than, than I'm thinking right now because he never gave up on Echo. Maybe it's just that he failed several times. You know, like, I think we we sort of approach this idea that if Rex waited into it, it would only be if he could win. But Rex also seems like the kind of guy that would go in against all odds and fight it out. And even if he lost, he'd go back and he'd try again. See, um, and I was thinking, too, maybe we're just all reading too much into it, which, uh, you know, uh, God forbid Star Wars fans read too much into things. Uh, yeah, it happens sometimes. I, it could just be that the moment that we meet him in Rebels, we're just meeting him at a different place in life in the sense that, you know, he has done a bunch of things. We just don't know about it. Mm -hmm. You know, like we just haven't been told those stories yet. And I think that's kind of the thing that I feel is that there's a lot of story there because it's almost 15 years mm -hmm. uh, since we last saw him. So I think there's a lot of life for Rex to have lived by that point. Obviously, he loses a lot of hair. Um, and so, Hey, nothing wrong with that. But he's got a great beard, so that's really the best part. So wait a minute. Mm, hold on. Hold on. I'm sorry, to, I'm sorry to cut you off here, but I got to ask you a question. If they're clones, they're all identical clones, shouldn't all of them go bald? Does that mean all of them? Because now that means there's an army of bald soldiers out there in the uh, galaxy. And I, I, I'm not saying that's uh, necessarily the best thing or anything, but I'm saying that's kind of a, a neat thing. But if they're all genetically identical, shouldn't that have all happened to every single one of them? Yeah, that's a good question. I was just thinking about that. Um, is are, are they, I'm trying to remember that episode of the Clone Wars. I'm trying to remember that episode and, yeah, I mean, they're not all bald. So maybe, though, maybe it's just that, you know, Rex shaves his head, you know? So. Yes, that's true. He's he's Kojak bald. He's not yeah, uh, horseshoe exactly. pattern bald. 
Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I, mean, um, I applaud his decision nonetheless. Hair is a burden. Oh, but uh, yes. go on. Believe you were me, I know all about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, <laughs> no. So I, I really truly think, and 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 something that, you know, as we're just thinking about this, I really do. I think that. The thing about this is, is there's a story to be told here with what happens to Rex. I think we still have a place for a story to be told with what happens with Ahsoka in this period. I think we have a story to be told with what happens with the Bad Batch. Um, you know, there's a lot of story threads that are still left that, because again, Rebels takes place about four and a half years before A New Hope, you know? Um, and so. That's a Wait, lot it's, of time. It's four and a half. I thought it was a solid five. Or is it? Does it start five and go half a year? Um, or does it start five and end at three and well, a half? Well, I was just giving it. The, I was just. Uh, I was just guesstimating that it's a probably about four and a half ish. Okay. So yeah, it could be five too. So you, you know, um, it doesn't it, really just, matter. Yeah, it doesn't. Just, really just matter. so long as just so long as Luke is the right approximate age. Sorry. Yeah. 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 So. Um, and we know Ezra was born on Empire Day, so uh, the day oh, that Empire, right. yeah. So anyway, uh, but all of that is to say, it's just that that's a huge time gap in the Star Wars galaxy, and especially a time gap for something like uh, what the story is with what happens with Rex. And so, I don't really see it as a something to where there's a big disconnect. I think of it more as the Mandalorians we see at the end of the Clone Wars and the Mandalorians we see in uh in the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. A lot has changed. Yeah. You know, uh you know Bo-Katan takes her helmet off all the time. Din never takes off his helmet. You know, mm-hmm. so something has happened in that amount of time to have changed the way the Mandalorians act and in the same way a lot of time passed for rex and we just don't know quite yet exactly what got him to the place that's on that planet you know with that walker with those three uh clones and i think it to me it just sounds like the the start of a beautiful story you know like i would love to to see that story filled in because obviously you know rex and and we imply uh, through the end of Rebels, that Rex is the guy on, you know, Endor. Yes. Uh, and we know that Hera was on at Endor as well. So, uh, from like books and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, uh, these characters are working their way through the Star Wars galaxy. And it, to me, it's just, it's really cool. And we, you know, Tamara Morrison supposed to be in The Mandalorian, possibly. You know, it's, it's still in the rumor stage. I had seen that officially confirmed by disney yet but yeah hollywood reporter yeah could he wouldn't it be great if he was playing rex old clone i I mean that would be i don't need boba fett just have him be an old clone like rex i think it would be fantastic i i i will be honest i'm happier if he's rex than he's boba fett me too i would also be thrilled if he's mistaken for boba fett and then he has to say no yeah i'm rex kind of awesome Actually, wouldn't that, that be that great? Would be kind of awesome, yeah. yeah. Uh, because because the thing is, that would be, oh my god. Well, okay. See, the thing I mean, is, because he looks just like Boba Fett, you know. I right. Mean, they have the same same face. voice too. <laughs> same voice too. After two thousand four, um, 
you know, before 2004, different voice, but post-2004, same voice. But there's also, um, and I know that, you know, occasionally we, we sort of get a little poked about being, quote unquote, in the writer's room sort of thing. But just because my brain is going now with this conversation, how much fun would it be if the whole, you know, involvement of him as an actor were to be that they say, you look like Boba Fett. We've got armor. We're going to do something. Like, we're going to mess with somebody here. Like, that would be a really tricky, interesting, cool uh, sort of thing to do. I'm not saying well, what it What if has he just, to. like, moonlights as Boba Fett because, like, it keeps him safe, right? I, who right. knows? Like, it'd just be great. He, he's, he's, yeah, he's like the ghost of Boba Fett. He's the one that keeps the myth alive. <laughs> the right? ghost of Boba Fett. No, it. Boba Fett's died. No, I saw him. I saw him the other day. He was standing in the corner over I there. Swear yeah, I sure. I saw him. You're out of your mind. He's dead in the Sarlacc. Like that would be that yeah. would be actually a lot of fun because that would give him the the sort of cover that he would need. Or even if the Empire cornered him, it was like, oh, you're a clone. No, I'm Boba Fett. Oh, okay, go on. You know that, yeah, that sort of thing. Exactly. But I mean, in, in terms of that fill-in story too, because we've made reference to him. But wouldn't it be also fun just to think, I, I think that there's a part of my brain that says, everybody complains about the idea, oh, Obi-Wan hid on Tatooine, why did he hide on Tatooine, blah, 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 you know, and, and, and you can reason it out, I have all of my reasons why I'm fine with it happening that way, but what if Rex had to stay in contact with Obi-Wan and every so often, Obi-Wan's like, I think somebody's kind of getting on my trail here. Could you help me out here? And like Rex would come in and be like, all right, I'll clean it up for you. You know, that sort of thing. Like that could be a lot of fun too. Um, and there's no, and, and that's the thing, right? That's the thing that I love about Rex is he's that type of character where you can do that with him and you want it to be that he had a big, exciting life. That is such a testament to what, I mean, take a second and think about how unbelievably complex they turned these clones' lives into for us in the Clone Wars. I, like, I, I don't look at the prequels the same way anymore. I don't look at the, the, the original trilogy era the same way anymore because there's so much shading and depth because of Rex and because of the people around Rex. But Rex especially is such an important character. Like, he gets overlooked. People talk about Ahsoka. People talk about Luke. People talk about Ezra. But Rex is a linchpin, man. Well, and I think, you know, to me, and, and as we, when we were talking about this on the, the 602 Club together, I think it's one of the most important reasons for doing the Bad Batch arc is because, you know, this this last season of The Clone Wars was all about setting up the two main characters from The Clone Wars who's, you know, um, we didn't know their fates. Uh, and so us getting to spend that time with Rex where it puts another kind of nail in his coffin in the sense of, I just don't know if this is the right place for me. Like, I'm a good soldier. I'm a great soldier. But they're just it's another seed of doubt placed in there. And then, of course, that completely builds off the fact that they then in that last arc, you know, Ahsoka sees... The recording of him talking about his, you know, experience with fives and how he's just not quite sure what it all means, but he doesn't think he has all the answers. And so this is a guy who, 
really has seen enough to to question and I I really like that. I think this is the thing that like makes him such a fantastic character and and I think what is most beautiful about it is that it makes him so human. Mhm. You know, mm-hmm. he goes from being a basically a piece of machinery that's been programmed to do a job and he's become a fully fledged human. Look, I'm a real boy. Um, you know, <laughs> but that's that's exactly what we have with the clones, right? They start off basically as puppets on strings. And the longer we go, the more and more they become free, independent thinking people that have their own ideas like and this is what i think is so interesting we saw this in the clone wars with the deserter right we saw a guy be like you know what this war ain't for me uh this 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 whole thing is not for me and he settles down on that planet he marries a hot twi'lek and they have kids you know and he has a simple farming life like so i think that what we see here is just so much nuance to which we didn't have before and that's the beauty of the clone wars and and i think you know we've talked about this a bunch but as we're recording today is the maker's birthday and i think that's the reason that george wanted to be able to explore this because i think even he realized the power of the prequel era and how many stories he could tell here you notice he never made a uh animated series in the original trilogy era I think mm-hmm. it's because it's just a smaller era. This he knows he has such an expansive palette to really be able to play with. And to me, that's what it made it so special. I mean, that's the thing about the Clone Wars versus Rebels anyway. Rebels is a much more focused, family-driven story. It feels very much like the original trilogy. The Clone Wars itself feels like that prequel era. It's expansive. It's big. We can tell almost any kind of story. And there, you have the different types of fandom who, who love one or the other a little bit more. And for me, the Clone Wars era is everything I ever wanted from good story Star Wars storytelling. Yes. I think that the original trilogy era benefits from the Clone Wars as well, because I think that had Lucas wanted to set something in there, he could have. But the thing is, the time period is so much more condensed. There, There's very much a sense, I think, of sort of what made him move forward to make Star Wars in the way that he did was I remember an interview with him where he talked about being frustrated at the end of THX 1138 because he said, I, you know, there were other stories I could have told here, but I was kind of boxed in at the end and I couldn't really expand on it. And I think that the original trilogy is expanded by the sense that the prequels and the Clone Wars all belonged there, but I, I know that's me rambling, but I, I also I want to tack on to what you're talking about and say that Rex himself, and of course, you know, the other clones, but Rex especially becomes a symbol of how no no matter how hard Palpatine tries to strip the humanity from things, tries to take out the love and the compassion, make everybody and everything just a tool to the end of the uh, you know aggregation and use of power, no matter how hard he tries, 
humanity and love and compassion and growth are going to stay there. The light side will always stay there, and it doesn't need to be a force user in how it expresses itself. There are going to be people like Rex where even though he was literally born and bred to play a specific role, he wasn't going to stay in that role. He was always going to grow beyond that, and there is your symbol of how life itself can't be squelched. Life finds a way, as they say in Jurassic Park, right? Rex is the symbol of that life finding a way, that even if you're not a Force user, the light side will find a way to express itself even in dark times. Yeah, no, I I completely agree, and I think that's the thing that makes Rex so special is because you you see, you know, we always talk about Ahsoka having two dads, but she kind of has three in many ways because Rex has a major impact on who she is as a person. You know, um, that last conversation they have before Order 66, she says, you know, you're an incredible soldier, but you're an even better friend. And so you have this relationship between these two where they have truly rubbed off on one another and they have truly made each other who they are. And in many ways, you think about it, Rex and Ahsoka kind of grow up together too. You know, Rex may be a fully formed, you know, man when he meets her, but experience wise, he's lived like a half life, you know? And so all the things that they get to experience together um, as, 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 people they 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 get to do that together you know and they really truly kind of grow up and 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 they they choose together who they're going to be based off of the the people that they're surrounded with and they choose you know the the way that they want to act and and what they're going to hold on to and i think it's really again it just speaks to the fact that I mean, I think the Clone Wars ends in a way that's so perfect because it's really about these two characters and them surviving what happens, and then we know that they'll move on. And I think that's what makes it so exciting is there's still a story here to tell. And I think what's amazing is, you know, that that animation has created uh, for Star Wars some of the most amazing characters that we've ever seen. Mm-hmm personally some of my favorite characters that we've ever seen um if anybody wants to buy john and i the hot toys version of of uh, rex will gladly take it um and so uh, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh you know I, that's the thing though right like you see this character like i, I the reason i brought that up is it's a joke but it's kind of not a joke but it's a joke um <laughs> is that that's how popular Rex is, right? Like, mm-hmm. they do something from the Clone Wars, and the first thing they do is Captain Rex, you know, mm-hmm. from... And and I think it speaks to who this character is, and he has such a great story, and I hope that we get to spend more time with him uh, in some form or fashion, because I just feel like it would be great, whether that's between, you know, uh, the Clone Wars and Rebels, but, you know, if that's the Mandalorian, wherever they want to use him please do because it's a character that I care about and I can't wait to kind of know more about. Yeah. Uh, the only, the only tweak I would offer to what you, that all of the beautiful stuff you were just saying is my approach is I, I tend to see Rex as Ahsoka's brother 
because they are essentially yeah, the that's same a good age. Point. Yeah. Yeah. I like and, that. And and I think that's why they're able to be friends. Whereas there's always going to be that distance between Ahsoka and Anakin and Obi-Wan. No matter how much she loves them, they're always going right. to be authority figures to her. Whereas Rex is, you know, from their first meeting is is brother and sisterly, where Hey Rex, take care of the kid, huh? You know, like it, it, he's a babysitter the first time he ever. Yeah, he's like the big brother, her. baby sister, babysitter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but you know, and, and that's the thing, right? It, like you said, Rex is a beloved character. This is a character who came out of nowhere. This is a character who just sort of all the way down to his his armor, because I I know when I. I you and I were having a, a text conversation with Nick and, you know, something that really struck me that I, you know, I guess I, I, you know, think about and forget every so often, but down to the fact that Rex's armor, the, the, the paint pattern reflects Anakin's pod racer yeah. paint pattern at a certain, in a certain sense is so, I think, symbolic of the fact that intentional or not. I think it's so symbolic of the fact that Rex will retain that innocence and goodness that Anakin loses. That there's a symbol of that youth and that goodness that yes. that is always there that that Rex will symbolize. So, you know, I mean, obviously we could go on and on about Rex and we would love to, but but one last thing I want to throw out there. One last question I want to throw out there to you. Just as a question, do you think Ahsoka survives Order 66 without Rex? I mean, I I don't see how. You know, I, I feel like he's pivotal. You know, yeah. she she couldn't have done that alone. And I think we saw in the last arc they they obviously both almost die you know they both mm -hmm. get shot <laughs> so yeah uh and part of that uh, the reason that they're not dead is because they do have each other there um and so you know i i don't know how ahsoka could have survived she may have survived the first onslaught um but you know without rex there she would have definitely had to team up with maul to escape uh, because yeah. there's no other way she would have made it. Uh, and so, um, absolutely. I, th that's the only other way that I think uh, Ahsoka could have lived. Without Rex, she, is there, she either has to do that same thing to another clone, or she has to she has to have, you know, somebody like, you know, Maul's with her there. So, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, it... And it, it means so much more because it is Rex. And, and so it, it just, it makes for the, the perfect story. You know, they, they start the wars together and they end them together. And um, they're, they're able uh, to survive and go on to live another and fight another day. And, and so uh, I think that's really what's beautiful. And, and in the end, what we see with Ahsoka and Rex is that it just the, the reason I don't think Rex just kind of sat around and did nothing. I think he had the same type of life that Ahsoka did in some ways. Like he's doing what he can. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, 
she knows exactly, again, she knows exactly where to call him. Uh, and he's just waiting for the call, basically, I think, uh, to say, hey, we need you, you know. So, um, because there, there's no way he as a character is going to sit down on his laurels and let somebody else do something when he could. So, Especially when Ahsoka's involved. Yeah, because exactly. There's and, that and, sibling yeah. love. Always going to be there for her. Well, and, and that's and in such many a beautiful ways, thing. She, he he owes her his life, right? You know, like mm. she saved him, and he saved her, and it's like, and that that's the thing. And you do that kind of thing; it, it truly brings people together in a way that nothing else could. Life and death situation will bring you together with a person in a way that nothing else could. And I think that's one of the things we also see uh, with those two characters and why they're so close, you know, uh, yeah. and and why they'll do anything for either uh, each other. So, yeah, it just. I think it just goes to prove is again as we've been saying a bunch tonight is that there's still so much that we could do with these characters and that's just so cool. I just love when there's just open story potential. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of open potential, I think that there's plenty of open potential for people to reach out to you online and ask you further questions about Captain Rex. So where can people find you out there, out and about on the internet? Or on the airwaves. Uh, yeah, you can do that on Twitter, Instagram, Letterbox, Vero. I'm under the name MattRushing02. Uh, I'm here on the network doing Owl Post with Drea Kaufman as we talk about Harry Potter each and every week. And in fact, we just wrapped up Half-Blood Prince and we're getting into the Deathly Hallows. So we've reached the last book, which is really exciting. Uh, you can also find me over on the Trek FM network. I mentioned earlier uh, the 602 Club, which is our general geek show. Uh, John uh, was just on there as we talked about the entire final season of the Clone Wars together. So that was so much fun. Check that out. Uh, you can also find me doing the Orb with Chris Jones talking about Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Uh, and as we're currently in the pandemic mode uh Sima stories is waiting to come back but i do that with my friend courtney and you can also find that show uh, and that's where we talk about films through the lens of faith so uh john i know people want to talk to you here about uh, more clone war stuff so where can they find you online Nobody wants to talk to me about anything, but thank you for that sweet little lie. You can find me as Kessel Junkie over on the internet, K-E-S-S-E-L-J-U-N-K-I-E. Uh, yeah, I'm a snarky guy, kind of guy over on, uh, over on um, Twitter. You can, uh, I'm probably a little bit more fun uh, to connect with over on Letterboxd uh, or even on Instagram, uh, where even occasionally I'll share some artwork that I make. And I'm working on a top secret project for the Nerd Party as we record this that's coming in summer 2020. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Ooh, you're like one of those like movies coming out. Like, I don't even have an exact date, but summer 2020. This will be released sometime about something. Somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> Somewhere something will happen at some point. But I don't know You're a when. Fortune teller. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Yes, exactly. I'm I'm walking around saying the podcast is nigh. But what else is nigh is that uh my chrono says that it's time to close these negotiations. John, negotiations are close. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.